Turn with me tonight to uh, Philippians chapter 2. I've got two different passages of Scripture I'm going to share with you. Philippians chapter 2, and we're going to start in verse 8. And being found in the fashion as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient unto death, even the death of the cross. Wherefore God also hath highly exalted him, and given him a name which is above every name, that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow of things in heaven and things in the earth and things under the earth, and that every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord, to the glory of God the Father. Now obviously those verses there are about Jesus. It tells us that even though He came to this earth in a very humble fashion, very lowly, meek, that after He was crucified and left this earth, that God exalted Him. And it talks about how His name is above every name. And you know, that's part of the reason why when we pray, we pray in the name of Jesus. When we begin to go into any kind of warfare, we we want to use the name of Jesus because it's through His name that we have power because we're saved by His blood. That's when we go to God, we go to Him through Jesus. So that name has a great deal of power and And Jesus was exalted to His proper position after He had completed what God had for Him to do. So we all know that. We understand that. We've talked a lot lately about Jesus being exalted in our lives and being lifted up. What I really want to remind you of tonight, though, is your position as a Christian. We know that Jesus is to be exalted in our lives, but there is something coming for us as Christians when we have exalted Jesus, when we've lifted Him up to the proper standing in our life. So turn to Romans chapter 8. Romans chapter 8, verse 12. Therefore, brethren, and I want you to know that when it says therefore, you probably need to go back and read what came before that. I heard a guy say one time, if you see a therefore in the Bible, you need to go find out what it's there for. So, anyway, that's that's my joke for that. Verse 12 says, Therefore, brethren, We are debtors not to the flesh to live after the flesh. For if you live after the flesh, you shall die. But if you through the Spirit do mortify the deeds of the body, you shall live. For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. Now this is where it comes into play about what our position is 
as a child of God. <clears throat> For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. For you have not received the spirit of bondage again to, the, to fear, but you have received the spirit of adoption, whereby we cry, Abba, Father. The Spirit itself bears witness with our spirit that we are the children of God. Now hang on. And if children, then heirs. Heirs of God and joint heirs with Christ. If so be that we suffer with Him, that we may be also glorified together. We talked about Jesus being exalted and glorified, right? <clears throat> if so be that we suffer with Him, that we may be also glorified together. For I reckon that the sufferings of this present time are not worthy to be compared with the glory which shall be revealed in us. Now, how many times have you went through sufferings and thought, man, this is pretty bad. Well, this is a terrible situation. You know, I've seen families, and I'm not done reading yet, but I've seen families that have had kids that had cancer or something, and man, I just I can't understand how they can go through that. And it just seems terrible. Christians that... Serve God. I'm not talking about people that just show up to church on Sunday. I'm talking about people that are really serving God, going through terrible things. And then I remember that scripture right there. It says, Father, I reckon that the sufferings of this present time are not worthy to be compared. They don't even show up as a blip on the radar when you compare it to the glory which shall be revealed in us. For the earnest expectation of the creature, or you could say creation, waiteth for the manifestation of the sons of God. Now what does that mean? Waits for the manifestation of the sons of God. All of creation. You know, there was a time, a long time ago, when all of creation was at peace. Adam named all those animals. He could just walk up to them and touch them and not have to worry about being bit by a lion. He didn't have to worry about animals attacking him or anything. Everything was just at peace. And this says that all of creation waits for the manifestation of the sons of God. You know what that tells me? It tells me that there is a time coming when Christians, those that have chosen God over everything else, are going to be exalted to the rightful place as heirs of the King. Did y'all hear what I said? Exalted to their rightful place as heirs of the King. See, we just read that we're heirs, joint heirs with Jesus Christ. Y'all see, we we oftentimes... Now look, I'm not trying to build myself up. I am not trying to think more of myself than I ought to. I'm reading Scripture to you. 
And that scripture says that I am a joint heir with Jesus Christ. And we sometimes want to look down on ourselves a little bit and think, well, we're not really anything special. But I'm telling you tonight, you're something special. And there's going to come a time. And this is where, the reason why I'm telling you this is coming, I'll get to it, but there is going to come a time when the sons of God, those that have chosen God over everything else, are going to be lifted to a point and they're going to be exalted. They're going to be, they're going to be rewarded for their work. They're going to take their rightful place. And I'm not trying to tell you that, that we're better than anybody else in the natural, because we're not. But through the Spirit, we have been chosen. We have received that spirit of adoption. We might as well be His son, His daughter. Legally, we are. You know, if you went and adopted a child, you didn't give birth to the child. You didn't, may not have even been there when the child was born. But legally, there is documents to support the fact that that is your child. Now, can you go buy a child? Well, you can, but it's not legal. You go buy a child on the black market, you don't have paperwork to support it, right? You can say, this is my child, I bought it, but the government's going to say, wait a minute, we don't have any paperwork that says this is your child. Legally, he's not. But see, as a Christian, when you receive the payment that Jesus has already made, and I want you to understand, everything He did was totally legal. Everything He did was fulfilled the requirements to the T. You see, there's certain requirements when you go adopt a child. They don't just let anybody walk in and say, I want to adopt a child. Okay, here you go. No, there's certain requirements. And Jesus fulfilled every requirement. When you look at the records, we are God's children. We belong to Him. Look, we're not equivalent with angels. We're better than. Angels are servants. See, people often exalt angels to a place, and I'm not trying to tell you angels aren't powerful. I'm trying to tell you they are not God's children. They are not His chosen ones. We are. We've received Jesus. We've accepted Him as our Savior. And there is going to come a time when we are exalted. You know what creation's waiting on? It's waiting on us to fulfill what we're supposed to be doing. It's waiting on us to continue pressing toward our mark and actually get up and do something so that when the time is right and we're all doing what we're supposed to be doing, everything's just going to mesh. Everything's going to come together. But we're not going to get there by doing nothing.
Verse 16 says, The Spirit itself beareth witness with our spirit that we are the children of God. You know, I've heard... Have y'all ever talked to somebody that didn't know whether or not they were saved? I just look at them like they're crazy. How do you not know? You know, oh, I just, I don't know. I've went down there, I've done this, but I just don't know if I'm saved. You need to figure that out. That's not something to just wait around on. See, that verse tells you that the Spirit itself bears witness with your spirit and lets you know that you are a child of God. If you're missing that, you need to find it. That is the key. That is the thing. That is how you know your rightful place is through the Spirit. And if you don't, if you don't feel that, it probably means you spent too much time in the flesh. Man, Romans 8 is all about the flesh and the Spirit. It's one of my favorite chapters. It's, it's, it's crucial that you understand these kind of mentalities. Maybe not for yourself, because I'm sure most of you here tonight are secure in your salvation. But you need to understand it so you can pass it on to somebody else. Especially uh, when it talks about the Spirit and the flesh. Let's look at verse 20. For the creature was made subject to vanity, not willingly, but by reason of him who hateth, who hath subjected the same in hope. Because the creature itself also shall be delivered from the bondage of corruption into the glorious liberty of the children of God. Liberty. For we know that the whole creation groaneth and travaileth in pain together until now. And not only they, but ourselves also, which have the first fruits of the Spirit, even we ourselves grown within ourselves, waiting for the adoption to wit, the redemption of our body. For we are saved by hope, but hope that is seen is not hope. For what a man seeth, why doth he yet hope for? But if we hope for that we see not, then do we with patience wait for it. Look at verse 23. And not only they, but ourselves also. <clears throat> How do y'all feel about dying? <laughs> you know, there was a time when, and I'm sure it was Satan trying to mess with me. But I just had this overwhelming feeling that I would never make it to see 21. I mean, burdensome feeling. And I know it was the devil just, just trying to steal joy and peace, instill a spirit of fear in me. But you know, 21 is long gone. But I don't sit and worry about death. 
You know how Paul talked about it? He said, death has lost its sting. I, I look forward to it. Not that I don't want to spend time on this earth. Not that I don't enjoy seeing my kids grow and, and spending time with my wife and doing things for God. Man, none of that. I'm not talking about that I, I don't enjoy that. What I'm saying is there's something better that I'm looking forward to. And that's what these verses tonight are talking about, is that there is going to come a time when this old body is going to, going to be useless. But there's going to be a new body, a new creation. And I'm going, to be, I'm going to be put into the proper form, so to speak. And I just I long for that day. That Scripture tells us that even, uh, even ourselves are waiting on the manifestation of the sons of God. Waiting for the sons of God to take their proper place. You see, right now, we're in a state that, that is not right. It's not what we were designed for. You understand that? See, the way Adam and Eve were is the way God designed it to be. That's the way He wanted it. He set everything in order and it was perfect. And then it was corrupted. You see, nothing you see on this earth today is in the form God had it to be. It's corrupted. But there's going to come a time when everything's going to be set in order. When the sons of God take their rightful place and that they now once again have charge over all of creation. You understand that? Man, I look forward to that. I look forward not only to that in the, in the distant future, but I look forward to the things coming up ahead where God is continuing to work on me and, and make my, my spirit, I'm talking spiritual, making me into what He had me to be. I look forward to every time that another thing, I break through another wall and get to that next level, that next place. You see, all of creation's waiting on us. All of creation's waiting on us to be what we were supposed to be. You know why I'm telling you this tonight? Number one, I want you to have hope. I want you to remember who you are in Christ. I, I, I can't tell you enough. I know I tell you this often, but because I want you to remember who you are in Christ. You're somebody. You're not just a, so a lowly person making $10,000 a year or whatever. You're not, even if you make 100000 a year, that's nothing compared to what God has. See, the things of this world do not dictate who you are to God. And that's who's important to me. That's who I hold my, my status with. It's not the things of this world or the people of this world. I look to Him for approval. But I'm also telling you this tonight because I want you to, to check yourself. I want you to think about where you are and where you need to be. Because if you're anything like me, you're a long ways from where you need to be. And it seems like the closer I get, the further away it is. 
Y'all ever looked at a a graph? And you see, say it's a, a based on tens. And you got 10, 20, 30, 40. And man, 50 is way over here. And you got like a 2 or 3 way over here and a little bitty dot. And the gap seems huge. But then you look at the same information on a bigger graph that's based on hundreds. And you got these two little dots that were so far apart, now they're crammed over here close together. That is how I see my life. When I look ahead and I see a goal that I have, somewhere I want to be in my relationship to God, it seems so far away. And then I get there and I look back and it seems like where I was was right behind me. And I look ahead at this other dot that's so far away. And I get there and it seems like everything's right there behind me. Because those points that I'm looking at seem far away, but they're really not. You know what? That tells me that my time with God is drawing closer. My time on this earth is drawing shorter. That the thing that I'm looking forward to, not only in my personal life, but as all of creation, is not far away. We only have a small amount of time. We only have a a brief moment to make a difference on this earth. And we, as Christians, look, this is our responsibility. This is our calling. God put, put it under our charge. To reach people. They have so little time. And you know what they're waiting on? They're waiting on us to step up and do what we were supposed to do. They're waiting on us. It ain't going to happen if we don't do it. You say, well, God can do anything. You're right. But you know what? He won't do it without you. He chooses not to. He chooses to use us to reach them. And if we sit still, He may use somebody else. We'll miss the blessing. But see, all of creation's waiting on us. Waiting on us to step up and be who we're supposed to be. You know, there's a terminology that they use well, it's not just in the army. They use it everywhere. And I've heard it said different ways. One way is uh, you need to man up. And I've heard other people say you need to cowboy up. You know, it, it talks about getting a little bit of intestinal fortitude and building yourself up to the point where you can go do what you need to do. We need to man up as Christians. And I don't mean this in any disrespectful way to women. I'm just telling you, as Christians, we need to stand up and take responsibility for what is ours. What our responsibility is, we need to be doing that. When your kids... And I'm not trying to drag this out. I don't want you to understand, though. <clears throat> if you tell your kids to do something, and they don't do it, what do you do? You get mad at them. You say, why didn't you do this? I told you to do this. I didn't want to. You get mad, don't you? 
Why should God feel any different about us? If we don't do what He tells us to do, He needs to correct us, don't He? He needs to show us where you need to be. They're waiting on us to do what we were supposed to do. You know, it seems like every generation has gotten more slack. It seems like every generation gets a little further away from God and their moral values just slip a little more. What's okay now? And it's not always moral. Some of it's just a cultural change. People just perceive things a little differently, but a lot of it is. Moral values just slip. It doesn't have to. We can, once again, stand up as the Christian people we're supposed to be and bring our families into line with the Word of God. And when enough of us do it, It'll begin to spread. But it takes diligent effort. You know what it takes? It takes somebody saying, you're stupid for not doing it. <laughs> you know, because all this time people have, have made fun of Christians for being a little different. But it takes what we hold to be important becoming the norm. It takes us being who we're called to be. Now, I know what the Word says. The Word says that we'll always be different. The Word says that we'll even be persecuted for our beliefs and for where us taking a stand. But within our community, within our Christian community, we can make a difference. We can't expect other people in our church to do different if we don't do different. And if we don't hold them to a higher standard. 